0: Hello and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert
1: Jack Metcalf, and I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud, and joining us once again is Robert Delilah. Hey
0: Guys, how's it going? And we are talking about one of uh one of the f- my favorite shows. It's funny this show this show Space Dandy we're talking about. It. It's the what sci-fi comedy I guess sci-fi space parody. It's we're we're going to be going through a lot of genres despite it just being a comedy. I would almost call it a variety show. Variety show.
2: It's it's like there's uh, there's something new every episode, and you know, it, it, we'll we'll get more into it. But I think it, it's very interesting how like the
0: tone can shift so heavily. So we don't have much of a history segment because uh, this is from the same guy who did Cowboy Bebop, and we covered uh, our first of our uh, first part of our Cowboy Bebop miniseries. Uh, That, you know, we're going to be doing for the next little while. But this is from uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. And uh, this show, I remember when this show was first advertised. And my relationship with Space Dandy is until a couple months ago, really, until like maybe this spring, within like like, the last four months, I had not seen the show. Because the advertisements for it uh, were really fucking cringy, in my opinion. Um, A lot of it was just focused on Dandy and his obsession with boobies. And I was like, seriously, the guy who did Cowboy Bebop is doing this weird, horny show? It just looked, you know, honestly, in my opinion, based on the advertising, it looked really fucking dumb. And I resisted watching this. And my God, I deeply regret that because uh, I binged it. This is one of the funniest fucking shows uh, I've ever seen. I I love Space Dandy. I'm a Space Dandy evangelist. Uh, so it debuted in 2014. <laughs> it's produced by Studio Bones. It ran for 26 episodes. and. It's a delight. I think, as you said, it's a variety show.
1: I think it's more of a tradition. It's like an anthology show. It's like a, it's got, I don't know. It's anthology like, it, might be more accurate. Yeah. It's anthology, but it's like, it's kind of like, you can see someone, something like Rick and Morty definitely took, probably could have taken some inspiration from this in terms of just like every episode, they sort of explore a different sort of subgenre, And it's, you know, it's pretty fun that way. And they also just threw, you know,
2: threw just massive pounds of or massive piles of money towards the or
0: like the actual production budget and animation because it looks really good. It's definitely from the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, and it also has the same uh, primary screenwriter. Uh, I her name just alluded to uh, to me, but we mentioned her on a previous episode. So yeah, it's got like a lot of obviously Cowboy Bebop staff on there and it goes and you know, if you're expecting, oh, it's another space show from the Cowboy Bebop guy, it's it's it could not be further from it. And yet also, given what we've watched the Cowboy Bebop, it still feels in tone in terms of Again, uh Watanabe, he just loves to mishmash genres and he obviously has a huge passion for, for film in general. Um, let's just jump into the first episode, which which you, which sets it up until uh until it doesn't uh so I got the opening monologue which I wrote down and it's for one thing the narrator in this show is fucking amazing. I love the narrator in the show guys. I mean he certainly has some some smooth dulcet tones. <laughs> so yeah. He's got a um, voice to him. My my dulcet tones are are nowhere near his, but I'm going to be a lot of my notes and quotes come from the narrator and and this is what he says at the beginning. Space Dandy, he's a dandy guy in space. He combs the galaxy like his pompadour on the hunt for aliens. Planet after planet he searches, discovering bizarre new creatures, both friendly and not. These are the spectacular adventures of Space Dandy and his brave space crew in space. Uh, And then we get Dandy who goes on a monologue. Uh, I didn't get the first bit because it was already quite long. But he's talking about how people just love the boobies. And he says this, nothing trumps the rump, my friend. Enough with this mass boob hysteria. It's time to give the ass the respect it deserves. Question. Did you did you
2: watch the subbed or the dubbed version? When I you watched the producer? dub. I, I see. The- I watched the sub because I'm not always down with uh, some dubbed voice acting. And it, the, the translation for it was... Slightly different, but it okay. is. It is. Yeah, it's basically the first line is just boobies. The first line <laughs> that that Space Dandy says is just. Boobies. I believe
0: that that is the very first line. I just
1: went straight to his his butts, uh, his his booty monologue. Yeah, the, it's the classic butt monologue because like that's a big that's a big theme in these four episodes that we covered. Is like he keeps talking about like butts. Although it's very funny that he's obsessed with ass, but then he's like also obsessed with a what they called a restaurant oh uh, yeah yeah uh, named boobies. boobies that's why it's like <laughs> boobies it's like it's basically boobies for those who haven't watched the show is like a hooter style like restaurant where all the waitresses you know are wearing very skimpy outfits you know uh it's 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 that classic late 90s early 2000s horny restaurant that our dads all probably loved <laughs>
2: Yeah, after they got done watching the Man Show and and you know drinking to oblivion.
1: Yeah, you watch the Man Show, then you're like, I got questions, so you're watching Mansers. I don't know if you remember Mansers. <laughs> I do, I do. Oh my god. Yeah, th- that show is insane. Like I would almost want to do a special episode, even though it has nothing to do with anime. Mansers is just if you I rewatched like some clips of the show not too long ago, uh, because there's a YouTuber I really love named Curtis Connor who like. Did an uh, like an episode of his commentary YouTube channel about Mancers and I was like, What the fuck? Like I was watching this when I was fourteen, I'm like, Yeah, this looks fucking cool. It's like, you know, like and they're asking the stupidest questions and like the the narration is just wild. And like I don't know, this kind of encapsulates that, even though the show is from twenty fourteen and not two thousand and four. <laughs>
0: Things come to Japan later. <laughs> May I remind you that on The Man Show, Jimmy Kimmel regularly did
1: blackface.
3: Oh. <laughs> and oh, yeah, dude.
1: Yeah, I just remember that. Uh, yeah, that. I also remember, like, they had that whole segment of just, like, girls jumping on a trampoline. <laughs> and it was, like, the camera oh, was, like, under the trampoline. It was, like, uh, that's, like, what I remember. I remember Jimmy F- Kimmel's blackface. And, and I, the, I'm more offended the by the blackface segment.
0: than the... I'm more offended by the blackface and the girls on trampolines. I'm
2: more offended. I mean, by that. It, it was a special time in terms of <laughs> like the the early 2000s kind of psyche. 9/11 happened. Everyone was watching the Food Network or Comedy Central. No one wanted to think about
1: real life. Or the Just Man's Johnny Network was
2: popular. Like it was uh, bad.
1: <laughs> Spike TV that or Spike TV. I was going to say the Man's Network. Spike TV. The first network yeah. for men. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it for men. All right, back Maybe. to back. Mansers followed by uh, uh, a thousand ways to die. I, yeah. I haven't.
0: I haven't mentioned video games on this podcast in a while, but I should remind you that the Game Awards, uh, created by Canadian uh, gaming icon Jeff Keighley, got its start on the Spike TV Video Game Awards. That's what it started with, and I distinctly rem- remember them awarding. Uh, the Splinter Cell Game Boy Advance game as a best handheld game, and they didn't use any footage uh, from the game itself because that game was dog shit, and they should have given it to you know <laughs> one of the many Mario ports of that year. Oh, but uh, oh. they weren't gonna let some kitty shit win a fucking award at the Spike TV video game. No, movie. they're men. They're gonna they're give their games, games to men,
2: men, men you no know, games, even if yeah. they're terrible. Yeah, you know, so if you, you,
1: you're not a man, if you're not playing the video game Splinter Cell from the from man, the mill, man, the manliest author of them all, Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell for men designed for men by men.
0: Splinter Cell, a franchise, Sam Fisher cameos in every fucking Ubisoft game, but he they refuse to give him a fucking video game. Yeah, Sam,
1: Sam Fisher is just like, everyone's like, who is? Again, and it's like he's in everything. <laughs> he's the Samuel L. Jackson of video game characters. <laughs> he's just like in everything.
2: Yeah, just hand him a bag of money, he'll show up, we're good.
0: He'll he'll show up in all of Ubisoft shitty mobile games. Anyways, um, back to boobies. <laughs> Anime, um, yes. <laughs> back to boobies because uh <laughs> uh while while Dandy is giving this monologue, um QT the robot says, Can't we let the narrator do the prologue first? again this show is breaking the fourth wall immediately and the narrator uh, continues his narration and says Dandy has made it his mission in life to visit every boobies he eventually hopes to buy the chain and eat every meal there I love that he has, he has a humble goal he's like he's a bounty hunter he's capturing aliens but he just wants to buy a restaurant chain yeah, he yeah. just
2: wants to give you know go to a place where girls are paid to flirt with him total normal guy things right I right, right? You know <laughs>
0: at the very least you know we don't see him being like super gross he's not like gropey or anything like that you know oh, he's, he's not good at he
2: is, he's gropey isn't he am i misremembering I him i don't being remember
0: i don't remember <laughs> any specific groping i think i thought he was like pretty well behaved despite all his monologues i thought mm. i thought dandy was like you know he, he respects the ground rules in my opinion maybe i'm wrong yeah yeah someone can quote us on that um <laughs> And oh, then keep no, thinking of a lit, part in a later episode. Go on, go on. Oh, part of a later episode, gotcha. And then QT pops in again and she and uh he, she, uh it, the robot, uh says when it's about boobies, the narrator suddenly cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: because again. they
2: have a kind of a half-assed explanation for like what's going on, the actual setting itself.
0: This show is they so-
2: talk about the chain. <laughs>
0: This show is just so fucking fun, guys. And I mean, I was talking to Malcolm earlier. I'm like, you know, I I picked five episodes. I cut it down for the sake of this podcast to four. Um, But even then, this whole show, every episode is completely different, which I love. There's even one episode that's like um, a rom-com with Dandy and another character who we don't see in these episodes. But she's kind of like the the lady who runs the uh, bounty hunting service that he has to go to. Um, oh
2: okay yeah i didn't watch that yeah i, I only watched. i kept myself to the assigned episodes just because i didn't want to kind of go off track a little bit make sure we're doing good job for the podcast because i had never seen this before and i enjoyed the episodes that i had that
0: I yeah saw. and you know it's a show you can watch in any order really besides the finale to be honest it's, and maybe there's like one or two episodes i would call essential to the plot because they get brought up in the finale but you know this is not a show with a ton of continuity as we will learn <laughs> Based on what happens in this first episode, um, but yeah, so so Dandy he orders again a drink that sounds delicious. He orders a Gilgamesh tequila, and you even get a sticker
1: from ordering it. Is Gilgamesh, Is that a, 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 like a celebrity name drop? Like, is like am I like losing my mind? It's a mythical. I don't know if it's a mythical creature. It it
0: appears in Final Fantasy. I think it's oh, like a uh, Gilgamesh is a uh, Mesopotamian
2: uh,
1: god king. Oh, oh, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Of. I can't believe I thought like I was there was just some celebrity whose name was like first name was Gill and his last name was Gamesh. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what like I was. He sounds thinking. like a
2: Bollywood actor, doesn't he? Yeah, it,
1: it's, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is it like is that like didn't want to actually like admit that, but I was like, it sounds like some sort of like TV actor. I heard I've heard of and and. Yes. uh it was like the lead of like a cbs like procedural in like the early 2000s
2: now returning to hearts of iron starring gil (laughs) gamesh nancy nancy cartwright i i
0: I like the fact that boobies is not just like you know hot uh humanoid women it's also a variety of alien creatures that are just all extras in the background so you know they all
3: have tits well, of well, course, the, they
0: got to have boobies, but, you know, some of them are more reptilian or, or you know, bigger than others. It's a, it's a wide variety of aliens. Mel- it's what
1: they call a melting pot.
0: Melting pot, exactly. So, you know, it's got to cater to, obviously, you know, th- this isn't just, can, you know, humans. The, le-
1: the moral of boobies is that you can be sexist towards any kind of alien creature possible if they exactly. have humanoid-like breasts. <laughs> I really love them. it.
0: We're there. So, so at Boobies, we see this like cat creature, um, who Dandy investigates, and Dandy thinks he's he's pulling some shit. Uh, and this this creature's name uh, is called uh, a uh which they find very hard to pronounce,
1: so they end up just calling him Meow. And he that is was a, a funny gig. I did I did laugh at that. Where they're like, "What's your name, Mimuru?" And it's just like a nonsensical sound. Yeah, they Mimaru. <laughs> Mimaru. uh. Oh. <laughs> and he's like it, it's a pretty common name from where I come from,
0: uh, so yeah, they, they settle for Meow, which is fine. And you know, he doesn't like it, but he seems to just be like, "fuck it, it's the only it's the only thing I can call me." So whatever. And he <laughs> or go on. He's a Beetlejuiceian. That's what I that's what I wrote down. A yeah, Beetlejuiceian.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, juicy, Beetlejuiceian. I, I, I obviously, I watched the subbed version, so I, 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 you know, wasn't totally, you know, I just saw the written form. And, but, you know, he was, he was like, you know, we were talking about how Space Dandy was probably, you know, being respectful in the boobies. But, uh, freaking, uh, Miro or Rimamero was taking creep shots, if you remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a real creep. There, It's almost a little, like, I thought, like, because usually these first episodes have, like, you know, someone joins the crew and that's, like, what starts off the adventure. Like, we saw that last week with Cowboy Bebop. Um, but this one I was surprised it was Meow and not Cutie. I was expecting cutie to be more um wait. central to the plot oh. or
0: something. Well cutie is still part of the show. Cutie said that from the very beginning.
2: Oh, are you thinking of the uh
1: blonde the, girl? The, the blonde the girl from no, yeah, because cutie is the robot. Never mind. That's, Cutie's the uh, robot. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying oh, tra- to tra-
2: honey or what whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, I'm thinking of the girl the uh
1: yeah, honey. I was thinking of Honey. I thought Honey was gonna join yeah. the crew, not uh because yeah, cutie oh my god i because,
3: <laughs> it's, okay, least, it's okay
1: yeah like with cutie which is i i forgot that was the name of the robot which i have some questions about with the next episode the zombie episode oh um, my god but um but yeah this yeah i i was expecting honey so it was kind of surprising that it was That uh, she just
2: kind of stays as a side character
1: yeah yeah, like, I thought you were going to do that thing where it's just like, I don't want to work at Boobies anymore. I actually want to go and explore the universe, and I'm going to make you, like, take me where you go, Dandy. You
0: know, you know what? Honey, Honey probably does a lot better than Dandy and the crew. Dandy and the crew aren't very successful, so Honey, Honey's probably making a lot of tips. Oh, she's probably making bank. Are you kidding yeah. me? She's she's doing okay. She's and making her. the
2: space bucks.
0: She she's a human, which probably I I would assume of of the of the races in this universe. Being a human is probably the one where you're going to make the most bank at boobies.
1: Well, she said. Well, according to the Wikipedia entry about her character, she's half a half Cloudian, and I don't know what that oh, okay. means. Okay, but also okay. like, isn't Dandy human? I thought Dandy was human. <laughs>
0: Oh, are they saying he's something else? I mean, I guess. No, no. He's-
1: I just assumed Dandy was human. I don't know if. Yeah, he's he's, yes.
0: else. he looks human.
2: I mean, like, unless like. Nice shoes. Maybe I he's
1: wouldn't he's not be surprised smart. if his hair was his pompadour hair was uh, possessed or something. Which, by the way, how many things have we covered that like the lead character is sporting a pompadour? Like, I feel like it's only in anime right now that we're seeing people be like, "Yeah, we got to bring back the pompadour." Oh pompadour. yeah,
0: we, well we we when we uh get return to JoJo we'll we'll get a pompadour uh JoJo protagonist.
1: Um was that a a, a hairstyle that people liked? Like, yes.
0: Oh my
2: god, it was huge. <laughs> it's it's uh, like it was always kind of a part of like Japanese punk culture, punk outcast culture. They loved the pompadour. It was mostly inspired by, you know, James Dean 1950s freaking, you know, machismo kind of characters that were part of, like, in silver screen. But then, kind of, Japan took it to, like, increasingly ridiculous levels where, like, the highest... Like, there are legit pictures of real people with pompadours as ridiculous or, if not more ridiculous than space dandies. They're just... It's all about the hype. And it's so... Like, obviously, that culture has died down quite a bit since, you know, we... I don't know if they grew up a little bit
1: or they realized how ridiculous they looked. If anyone's going to bring it back, it'll be Gen Z. (laughs) Exactly. Although they're bringing back the parted hair. Like when you're like, you look at yourself as a kid, we're all millennials. So it's okay to say, but it's like when you look back at yourself as a kid and you're like, oh man, my hair was so bad. Like, why was it parted? And now that's just like, yeah, they're like, that's what, that's the style. That's what they're aiming for. Uh, whereas, like, you know, I have some cringe photos of being, you know, having that sort of Bieber-esque hair <laughs> that I didn't intend to have, but nice. I just did.
2: Um, i got some pretty bad ones of me having, a, like, a really, like, poor flat top that my dad did. It was... It was a
1: flat top? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't go that, that far.
2: I think I don't know. I don't remember if it was like a long-term haircut. It's just my my dad likes cutting hair. I guess I don't don't know. I didn't really go to the barbers a lot when we were kids, so my dad
0: did it.
1: Moving on, moving on. I just didn't. I didn't have the hair for uh, for a uh, a flat top. I just like. I I guess you can only really sport it once you leave where you get your haircut, and then it's probably hard to get back. Oh yeah, probably after a week okay space dandy we keep doing this moving on (laughs) um
0: so so him and uh meow they get into a little brawl i like when like space dandy he uses um this kind of uh bola weapon and it um it takes out three girls but one of them is like a balloon creature and the balloon like blows up i thought that was a fun visual gag
2: uh, yeah, I think, I don't think it was, I don't think the one in the center was one of the girls, I think that was just a normal patron, oh, and he was just getting, like, embarrassed at being, oh. like, you know, having two beautiful women tied to him, and so yeah, oh, he exploded. Gotcha.
0: That was still a fun gag,
3: though.
2: Oh, gag.
0: And then we get introduced to Dr. Jell, uh, who has the greatest ship of all time, I should- I wish I could buy his uh, ship, because it's the, the, the head of the Statue of Liberty with a bondage gag on it. Yeah,
2: with a ball gag. Oh, God. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> bondage ball gag. Um, that, isn't that a fucking ship, guys? That's a fucking spaceship right there. If that's
2: not a euphemism, I don't even know what is. Like, and, hey, I'm the bad guy. Here's the Statue of Liberty in a ball gag, if it's not obvious enough. Yeah.
1: Doctor- that was funny. That was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what a visual.
0: And you know, with Dr. Jell, you're thinking when you're first introduced to him, okay, every episode is going to be about Dr. Jell trying to get space dandy, he's going to be the primary antagonist. Uh, that gets blown out of the water. No, <laughs> he, he barely even matters. He he, he is gl- he is gloriously useless. He is
1: such a useless fucking villain, and I love it. I do like it, a good incompetent villain where you're just like, <laughs> they think they're the men, usually they're like, the son or daughter of, like, you know, a more competent leader. And then they're just trying to, like, follow those footsteps, but they clearly don't have any of the acumen to do mm-hmm. so. And so they're just like, yeah, you're fucking useless. So that's kind of what Dr. <laughs> Jell is. Although, I'll be honest, because we didn't really see, encounter Dr. Jell a lot of these episodes. Uh, um, and you really don't. He is a
0: character, like, the kind of recurring joke, at least until the two-part finale, is that um, Dr. Jell barely interacts with Dandy.
2: Yeah, and I love the fact that he just, like, for some reason, he's got this extreme overestimation of Dandy. The fact that he's just like, oh, he's, there's, there's, like, oh, he, like, in the very, in the first episode, he's, like, trying to chase him, and she's like, oh, he must have seen us! When, in fact, it was Meow just pressed the wrong button, or or just tried to warp them, and it just, like, oh, he he knows we're following him! Get him, get him, get him! And then they just, oh, it's glorious chaos for the next like ten minutes.
3: Yeah, they just sort <laughs> of
1: so Yeah, they just sort of uh yeah, miss paths. Like he's so inconsequential to like uh to Dandy's world. Yet it seems like he's so obsessed with Dandy himself. Um so so when Meow finally
0: joins the crew, uh Dandy has this uh monologue explaining his philosophy and it's it's uh life comes at you fast just like a raging current. I don't fight it. Going against the flow just means you're swimming in place. One day you're too tired to paddle, and suddenly you drown. Whole thing was pointless, and now you're dead. The end. Now going with the flow is where it's at, and that's the dandy way to live. Uh, which, which meow describes as like kind of kind of brilliant, if really stupid. We uh, we, we did kind of
2: skip over a sort of an important fact okay. about the uh, about the like the setting, really spaced in it as a whole is his job. What he does for a living, he goes out and he searches for new unknown alien species and then takes them and registers them with uh the guild. And so that's one of the reasons why he was chasing Meow to begin with, because he mistook it for uh mistook him for a uh different unknown species, or at least another variety of his species. And so one of the reasons why Meow is on the ship now is that he's going to point them in a way where they have new, uh, where they're going to find a bunch of new uh, aliens. And that's where we get, <laughs> we, we segue yeah. into the doctor. There,
0: there's also a thing I ironically forgot to mention, which also the narrate forgot to, narrator forgot to mention, which is that the Gogol Empire and the Jicro Empire are in a war. Yeah, it's just in the background. It's just kind of happening. No no one really cares, actually. And then, actually, coincidentally, in the final episode we're going to cover today, it uh, it does come back, which is kind of interesting.
1: But of course, it comes back in a very space dandy way. Yeah. Well, they they kind of reference it at least in two episodes after this first one. In my opinion, like obviously in the last episode, we'll get into it more. But it's like uh, you know, very obviously. reference but i also felt like they kind of referenced it in the zombie episode two in a different way
2: okay yeah well episode 20 is the one where it's a little more consequential and kind of briefed upon in episode two but episode uh or not episode two this the episode four sorry and then episode 17 it doesn't really matter too much
0: yeah so so um anyways the (laughs) uh meow he he comes on to their ship the Al- alola oe i think what's it called the alola oe i can't pronounce the it The aloha oe aloha oe um and um meow he engages their broken warp drive and they end up like going on this uh planet with a bunch of rare creatures and they're i can't even describe the designs uh it's just a smorgasbord of just like incredible one-off character designs where the clearly the animators were having an absolute blast Oh yeah, half the animation budget. Just kind of uh, throw it in. We got all that. Yeah, it, it's a really fun sequence. It's brilliantly animated. Obviously, it doesn't lend itself well to being described. But it, it is a really fun one. And then in the midst of all this, uh, Dr. Gel he gets his uh, ship blown up. <laughs> and then um, basically all these kind of aliens are attacking. One of them manages to get into their ship. Uh, but Dandy has a secret weapon. <laughs> and it, QT QT finds it and it's a surfer doll, and if you push the head, it will create a supernova. So QT does it. Um but unfortunately, uh Dandy didn't have much of a plan beyond activating it, and it literally just destroys the entire planet. Yeah, he just and- like totally
2: forgot what it did. Like he's, he's just, just like, okay, that's my last that's my last resort. Press it, we'll be fine. It's just like, okay, I pressed it, what does it do? Uh, oh, and it's going to blow up the ship, and probably a planet, the planet along with it. <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah, that's why it's a last resort. And then they just blow up, and everyone
0: dies. <laughs> everyone dies, and, and the they're narrator, like, mission complete. <laughs> and the narrator <laughs> to be says, continued, and the narrator says, "And here our story ends. Tales of Dandy's bravery and sacrifice will echo through all of time, or not." <laughs>
3: Probably. And um,
0: <laughs> I know we're jumping to episode four, but I'll say this episode two does not address that at all. So I didn't expect
2: so it to. I uh, so. to.
0: There's no, there's no like, okay, Dandy managed to find a way to survive. Nope. Um, that's just, it's moving on. Um, and yet the episode we cover episode four also, has a, a situation where the characters oh, wait, let's
2: let's let's not get into that so much let's kill it's okay episode four let's, let's do it
0: episode four the setup so there's this weird creature that's kind of in their crate um and they think it's a stiltonian and they say it's known for their fast movement and quick reflexes um but it seems kind of slow and ugly and pale and, uh, Pale. Yeah. And they also
1: think it might be a whole new creature as well. They thought yeah. at one point they're like, did we discover a new alien? because like, yeah, that's, that's thing they get paid, yeah. Well, that's the one thing that's so weird about this, like, world and stuff is that, like, in theory, like, most of the galaxy, it feels like, or, like, a good chunk of this galaxy has been, like, explored, and they, like, have discovered creatures, and obviously creatures are intermingling. I mean, you have, you know, I guess galaxy-famous... <laughs> uh, restaurant chain boobies, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, at the same time, I like that there, there's this like nonsense job of being like, yeah, I'm going to go and discover more creatures, which like, it kind of feels like being in like, say the real world right now and being like, I'm going to be the, an explorer and explore all the lands. And it's like, no, you can just fly anywhere you want. So <laughs> Like it's not a job anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I, you know, they do that um yeah and then at and, one point yeah you you keep going because jack you were doing a good job describing
0: it. so that. anyways they they say this creature is peaceful and then it bites meow um and uh guess what you know, like they say they're like oh i don't think this is still tony and it might be a new thing and then cut to meow who's now catatonic and dandy insists that, that uh uh he just caught a bug yeah and he's, he's like, just a little sick he just needs to sleep
3: yeah he just needs to sleep.
0: Uh, so they go to this, like, doctor, uh, is it, like, a planet or, like, a satellite or something like that?
2: I think it, it might have just been a normal hospital on a planet, but, okay. it, I, yeah, so they take him to the hospital, and, I mean, he's, he, he like, the
0: like, like, meow is literally just going, Urgh. Yeah, he's, uh, he's dead. He, and the doctor
1: even says so. He's dead.
2: He's, yeah, he, he's dead. No pulse, no signs of brain activity.
3: This guy's dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's dead, which... Which is funny because like later on, I felt like it like they they'll kind of pay off the joke of like if this doctor says he's dead, but other people don't. Um, um, but yeah,
3: they're,
2: or or sorry, I, I, we were kind of
1: we we you know it it it's like after the hospital, if I'm not mistaken, you know they they're there, and then like that's when it like gets overrun by what we find out are zombies.
0: Well, and the thing is too, Dandy also has a moment where he just talks about how he wants to be ho- hospitalized because of all the hot nurses there. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely creeping on the nurses
2: quite a bit. It was, true, there that's was true. the the point that I was thinking of that I mentioned earlier of him, you know, groping is when he's like he he tries to you know grab ass the what the nurse while while they're doing the examination on meow. And it's just like, and she just like slaps him, and it's just like, and he's just like, okay, he's into it. I mean, he likes nurses. I'm. Mm. I mean, I, I guess that's you know.
0: It that's the point of the character though. He it's Dandy is not considered suave or or funny by the characters. He's just a fucking idiot. Yeah. His yeah. behavior I... is not being applauded by the show. They very much know this guy. Is, this guy is a fucking dumbass. Oh, he's yeah.
3: kind
1: of like a Johnny Bravo type, where it's like, yeah, Johnny exactly. Bravo thinks he's like this womanizer, and like all the ladies love him. But really, it's just like, man, you are so uncool. Like the, you, you have a pompadour. Like you're not like <laughs> cool. Like this is not a cool look anymore. Yeah, maybe pompadour. Would have been,
2: speaking of Johnny Bravo, maybe you yeah. would have
1: killed it in like 1955. You know. When you, it's like you and Elvis and you know James Dean were you know rolling Frank
2: Sinatra are all getting blackout drunk in the Rambo
1: room, but you know (laughs) exactly. Um, But not now, not in the future. Uh, Also, I just want to say this is a little side tangent. I love that like all the episode names uh, are just like end with baby. Like this episode's called "Sometimes (laughs) You Can't Live with Dying Baby." (laughs) Like just I don't know. It actually just made me chuckle it's great you know, verbal tick <laughs> i'm
0: just gonna say some names because they're fun uh the war of the undies and vest baby <laughs> a married companion is a wagon in space baby uh <laughs> nobody knows the chameleon alien baby even vacuum cleaners fall in love baby <laughs> there's uh oh, what's the other one gallant space gentleman baby <laughs> Uh, a world with no sad and uh, a world with no sadness baby lovers are trendy baby Another dimensional tale, baby. Dandy's day in court, baby, and uh, never ending Dandy, which is the finale. So, well, there's also you miss the
1: the one I really love, which is "We're all fools, so let's all dance, baby."
0: <laughs> and um, we'll we'll mention the other titles when we get to them for the actual episodes we're discussing. But yeah, yeah this the show, I mean, Cowboy Bebop also has like awesome titles, although they're more like legitimately cool. Uh, whereas Dandy is just like fucking ridiculous.
3: <laughs> Wait,
2: this does seem like. A sort of a parody on
0: Cowboy Bebop. I know really it's the same creator, but yeah. He's definitely riffing on it. Again, like, and you, you watch other works of... Uh, like, have we seen that?
1: Have we seen a creator who's, like, one thing gets so popular that he makes a spoof of his own creation? God, I, I think Dandy was sure. the closest we got to him
0: explicitly, like, doing that. I mean, Samurai Champloo also, of course, has elements of Bebop. Again, it's it's anachronistic with the samurai stuff and the hip-hop. So he, this is obviously a thing he likes to
1: do yeah which is which I like I mean he's got a very distinct style of humor, and it works yeah um so so
0: uh dr Jell, I think this is the episode where Dr. Jell is at least somewhat competent he He does get a bunch of badass mercenaries um that his like overlord has given him, so he actually gets to do something uh more than other episodes at least I feel. I actually
1: don't remember Dr. Jell being in this episode.
0: The, the mercenaries do more of the work, but at the very
1: least, he unleashes them on the hospital. Oh, and, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I forgot and, that. Yeah, it said Dr. Jell. I, yeah, makes it so,
3: in, it.
0: so in that regard, he actually plays a role in the plot. Because uh that that's how shit goes south. So anyways, um uh, meow he zombifies the hot nurse that uh Dandy was attracted to, and then then this episode just turns into Night of the Living Dead. And I fucking love it.
2: Yeah, they come they come by, you know, uh Dandy and uh BT or is it BT QT. or B-T. QT? They they go and they come by uh the hospital in the very first thing in the morning to go check on him, and they're and Danny's just like, oh, I'm ready to flirt with some nurses," and meanwhile, there's just blood and guts plastered all over the walls. And QT's just like, "Um, something's weird here," but Danny's like, "No, no, no, it's all fine." And you know, just and then they meet the zombies, and they you know, and then they're finally like, "Oh crap!"
0: Yeah, uh, QT gets taken out again. I don't know how zombies can turn machines into zombies, but this is just how the rules work in this universe.
1: Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to talk about, which was um, how did yeah, like that's like the a crazy thing to happen where like it doesn't matter if you have any sentence. That you're gonna become a zombie, like that's the rule of this world. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta I be that. honest, I don't hate it. I think it's a fun kind of twist on it, especially when you have so many like robot characters that like well, even they. Or they,
2: they, they did mention, or, like when he like when Space Danny's like fighting off the zombies with QT, he's like mentioned, "You're a machine. You can't be a zombie." And then like, oh, like a few seconds later,
1: with a robot <laughs> voice. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Uh yeah, cuz like he like just stuffs <laughs> um he stuffs cutie into that one zombie at one point and he gets more, ma- you know, kind of uh munched I guess to undeath. But yeah. yeah.
0: I I mean to be fair, that's not a, you know, I mean, you know, given Dandy's just going by the logic of everyone else, so, you know, at least at least he uh tried. Yeah, I mean, yeah. according
1: to zombie logic, you should be able to you know you know sacrifice the robot the robot shouldn't turn at any point mm-hmm. but uh i like that so they at some point they all turn into zombies like all three of them dandy QT, and meow uh and they have to adjust to their life
3: of yeah being yeah zombies. they just kind of
2: go on they're not they don't just like stay in the hospital they just kind of keep trying to do their job and they're obviously they suck at it because they're Zombies and they're slow as hell, so they yeah. can't catch anything.
0: So, so inevitably, Dandy he manages to get in the chopper, uh, which is a fun reference to Dawn of the Dead because that's how um that the the characters escape in that one, I believe. Yeah, uh, in, in the original top. Dawn
1: of the Dead, they escape by helicopter. Uh, <laughs>
0: Dandy's not so lucky because the pilot is a zombie, and so he becomes one. And this is only the first half of the episode, and the second half is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's ten out so of ten. Yeah, this, this was
1: a- funny. This was very, very funny of how is this the best episode, this- I think it is, of the ones we watched? Yeah, I it's think so. Fucking so. Clever. It's so fucking clever. In my opinion, yeah, of the ones you picked for us, like this one was I had the most fun with. I, yes, I, mean. I would agree with that. It, it riffs on the zombie genre in such a fun way because, you know, they could
0: have just, you know, made a Nine of the Living Dead parody. But instead they do the aftermath and the aftermath is the best fucking part of an already. They, they kind of
1: go. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, Warm Bodies. Uh, it was like. Sorry, I, was, I, know of it. I was
0: thinking it. of that. I really.
2: Yeah, I was exactly. Yeah. Warm Bodies. I'm trying to think who was in it.
1: That was uh, Nicholas Holt. He's mm-hmm. uh, He was the lead of it. Um, there was, yeah, there was definitely moments of, like, that movie, like, I kept thinking about, but, like, where that one is, like, a love story between a zombie and, like, a, and a, like, a regular girl, this one was obviously just, like, you know, these zombies are trying to do things, like, I loved that they were, like, they're running out of cash because they can't catch anyone, so they need to make sure that, like, Dandy is declared legally dead, so they, like, go to the, the, uh, I guess they go to the, like, the, they go
2: the to the insurance uh, Yeah, yeah, they pull, they take out their life insurance money because they're technically dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the um, problem is is that they keep seeing him alive because he's, like, moving and stuff, so they're just like, yeah, no, we can't deny you, you're you're clearly still alive. It's like, no, I'm dead, like, I'm, I'm a zombie. And, like, zombies clearly haven't, like, you know, entered this world yet, and they just do it so many times that finally one of the insurance people was just like, I can't deal with this anymore, so they just uh, grant him the money. I love this, but
0: I do want to get back to the very beginning of this, uh, this second half,
1: which is where the narrator talks
0: about how a zombie's day starts. And it starts early. Uh, they say, not much has changed since that fateful day other than that our heroes have joined the ranks of the living dead. <laughs> At first, Dandy and the crew had a difficult time adjusting to the new zombie lifestyle. They wanted nothing more to do than to return to their old selves. However, they soon realized there's no cure for zombification. And you see them like reading a book and they groan when the narrator says that. <laughs> That's true And uh, he says And then they were forced to accept their fate They felt despair Followed by an inexplicable craving for raw meat Followed by despair and raw meat This endless (sighs) cycle of despair and raw meat Who led the uh, Aloha Boys crew uh, Or Aloha Oye uh, Crew to question their meaning of their existence Until Dandy's (laughs) Decaying brain had a thought that's it. If I want to bust out of this rut, I ought to ask someone who's already been through it all. And in the commotion, the crew had completely forgotten about the alien they captured earlier. And, uh, the he's been then chilling they, in the brig for months, He's just been chilling in the brig. And I guess, you know, he's, he's a zombie. So it's not like he needs to be
1: fucking fed. You can just like chill for months. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, well, we, we find out like what he's actually been doing, which is, it turns out that, you know, for, you know, for that zombie alien to, uh, you know, the fine piece, He just eats yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> like, he just drinks yogurt. Yeah, he's just yeah. chilling.
2: Probiotic
1: um, yogurt. I think is what he.
2: It almost eat. like turned into an advertisement where he he's just like, yeah, that's you know, it's how I found my lot in life. You know, I got come to terms. I'm not rotting. I'm fermenting.
0: And the the narrator he talks about how listen, it's like zombies can communicate. It's like you know,
1: it's subtle, but there's a lot of like different vocal ticks. <laughs> And yeah, it all sounds the same. It's hear. exactly the same. You hear Danny; good. it's like happiness. It's like uh, and it's like despair. Uh, you know, anger. Uh, like it's just the exact same. The whole for, time. for the very last one, he says uh, he does do a head tilt. So I was like,
0: okay, all right, yeah, a
2: little bit.
1: Yeah, just a little, a little, a little visual nod. Uh, if it, um, like like this medium that we're in right now, podcasting. If we did that, like a little help. If I just would like. Uh, like, you wouldn't know that I just tilted my no. head when I did that.
3: Yeah.
0: So so the narrator says, yeah, of course, you know, they're too slow to catch aliens, so they need money. And uh, Dandy may have lost his taste for hot wings, but he didn't give up his taste for breasts. So he's still a zombie. He's still just going to boobies. And then that's when we get to the insurance policy
1: thing and uh well no he doesn't he doesn't have a taste for breasts he has a taste for ass he's an ass Oh wow.
2: about, well he does about. go to boobies he, he, he clearly is okay well, with
1: both. Which I, which I think is one of the more ironic parts about his whole thing is that he's obsessed with a restaurant called boobies but when we are introduced to dandy he explicitly talks about how much he loves a good ass he's an, he's ass. an ass man yeah
0: um you know, Dr. Jell is, of course, a zombie. No surprises there. Um, and then we get another fun sequence. It's like a documentary sequence about the lives of uh, other zombies. And the nurse has uh, fallen in love with one of the mercs. <laughs> and they say they say, uh, voices have been changed to protect their privacy.
1: <laughs> it's just like...
0: Rrr.
1: It's exactly the
3: same. It's so fucking
0: funny. Oh, my yeah. God. It's just
1: like... The voice is not the problem when it comes to like privacy issues as well. Uh,
0: they're a nice couple. They seem like, you know, they were, they're really in love, but unfortunately, um, uh, there are zombie hunters and they're hired by the struggling life (laughs) insurance companies. Uh,
1: (laughs) And they're putting a cap in their benefits. Yeah, I guess so many zombies are like, I'm dead now. So I yeah. got my money. So they're bankrupting insurance
2: companies. <laughs> exactly. There was actually a very funny joke that I got. Or that, you know, when they were doing the interview process, it was just like, oh, yeah, what do you guys do together? Like, we go to the mall a lot for oh, some yeah. reason. We go to the mall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i also like that like with the crews like the routine once they start eating yogurt that they also sunbathe just to prevent rot
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah just, which yeah. i think
1: i like accelerates rot it's just to be out in the sun if i'm not mistaken Yeah,
3: they're just
2: like like you know they're just like drawing out some salmon you know they're just, just you know have it preserved
1: Yeah, get that nice dryness.
0: Yeah. Uh, So eventually everyone in the universe became a zombie and the universe is now a utopia. Uh, It's peaceful. Racism is over because everyone is just one zombified genus. They it's even just, showed
2: like zombified babies. And I'm just like, Jesus.
1: Well, my favorite video, uh, visual from that uh, monologue is that like there's like, it's like, and even the machines turn into zombies. And it's just a fridge with teeth that's just like opening and shutting. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that. Also, like, because you were talking about the wars before, I'm like, oh, yeah, that ends that like that background war that, you know, we, we kind of hear about in the other three episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, more the other two. the The next one we were talking about doesn't if i'm not mistaken doesn't really talk about that war but i just like love it's like and all wars are over because we're all united and would say this is what a utopia is and then we get what i thought might have been one of my favorite jokes throughout the entire like four episodes we watch it smash cuts uh also first of all the, the narrator is like eventually turns into a zombie like he gets attacked Yeah, he gets attacked, but the very last moment of the episode is it just cuts to a title card that says, written and directed by George A. Romero. Exactly!
0: (laughs) That was awesome! It's... It's a perfect episode of television,
1: honestly. Oh, it's per Yeah, this one might be one of the best, yeah, just single episodes we've covered on this entire show to be it's- completely honest.
0: Every joke lands. Like there's not a dull moment and it, you know, you think it's just going to be that for the whole episode and then it has this even more funny um aftermath. I think yeah, this is this this if I could only have picked one episode to cover, it definitely would have been this one. Um I love it. I love it. Space Dandy is a good show, folks. And we got two more to talk about. And uh, this next one, it's episode 17. The transfer student is Dandy, baby.
2: Oh, God. It's Mean Girls in Space. Let's be honest here. Mean Girls High is. School
0: Musical. And I love my musicals, so of course that's why I picked this one. <laughs>
2: mean Girls in Space. It's,
1: it's, oh, God. I love it. It's not <laughs> Mean Girls in Space. It's also like... A like mu like m- musical in space as well. Well, Mean m- yeah. Girls m- m- on Broadway is musical. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess there. I guess there was a musical. Album.
2: I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't really talking about the the movie with uh, what's her
0: name. Oh, um. you're talking about the musical Mean Girls? Yeah, uh, of course. What? Oh, well, I don't know. was the musical it. first. Same with Legally Blonde. <laughs> oh man. So so this one, the premise of this is that Meow says there's this rare Cliponian, uh, Who's a female with a flower on her head that blooms while she is in love? Uh, so, Dandy, uh, they have to go to a place called Baberly. <laughs> uh
1: Baberly Hills High. Baberly <laughs> what, a, what a just like almost sloppy, but it works like way of trying to do Beverly Hills High. <laughs> just Baberly Hills High.
0: Oh, uh yeah. It's, uh <laughs> yeah. again, this show. It's the tongue. The tongue isn't just planted in the cheek. It's just like, you know, pushing it into the It's, it's lanced
2: through yeah. and it's quite horrific. <laughs>
0: quite horrific. So, so Dandy, Dandy has to go to school, baby. Um, and uh, Meow asks why Dandy is so excited to, to go to high school and it's because he never, he actually skipped it.
2: Yeah, he just went, you know, most high schools in Japan are like boarding schools,
0: like they're, they're, I, it's paid for, so yeah, he's just like, you know, he did, probably didn't have the cash. Here's my here's my backstory, my my like headcanon. I think Dandy is like secretly like a genius, and he was just like, he just uh, he was able to jump ahead of high school. You, you know, he oh, was, really he was a boy
1: genius. And oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because like, yeah, there's like an element where you assume that he's like, you know, just he would be just stupid and flunk out of school. But also, like, how old is Dandy? Because like, there's an element here. Yeah, because like, he's working like in a
0: high school, which I guess would be kind of gross. But I, I think maybe Dandy is like technically like 19 or something. Uh,
1: like yeah, hopefully. like
0: early
2: 20s at
1: the old. Early, I mean, still, like, I, you know, even like, I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, when I was auditioning more, I was definitely like, you know, especially in my early 20s. I was, you know, they were like, oh, you'll just play a high school kid. Like I was playing like, I was auditioning for high school stuff. Until I was like 28, <laughs> so, oh, <geez. laughs> he definitely looks
0: younger than say uh, Jo Jo Toro Cujo in uh in uh, Stardust Crusaders. Remember,
2: <laughs> isn't he like 14 in that anime? And he looks no, like he's no, like 35.
1: Crusaders, he's, he's like 17, but he looks like he's 42. Yeah, that one, <laughs> uh, that one would just pissed me off. I'm like, that's a man. Like you just that's an old. That's not even just a man. That's like i a, a middle aged man who's you know going through some stuff.
3: Uh, Oh, one of the greatest yeah. Oh, yeah, anime here, tropes.
1: Yeah, but here it's just like, yeah, he's just like, I'm gonna go to sc- I'm gonna go to school. It's also a performing arts school, so they're like all really talented musicians and dancers. And I just love that, like, he immediately comes in and like, just like they're like, like you're old <laughs> and you, and you suck, like. um and yeah, also,
2: they were just not having it. He's immediately
1: an outcast. Yeah, he thinks he's going to be the, the most popular kid in school. But really, they're just like, who's this guy? And why is he here? It turns out, final week of classes. That's when he like shows up. <laughs> um, the other thing,
0: too, uh, they mentioned very early in the episode, while they're still on the ship, that Twitter is a thing, which I, I kind of love. Twitter, yeah, they, Twitter yeah they're, or, they were Twitter stalking this alien. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways so he one of one of the girls he bumps into uh pretty who is kind of the lead character of the these random ones um (laughs) she's got glasses and he says oh i get it you're one of those girls who's like secret hot right and she's got like no eyes or whatever her eyes are or something like not what i can see he he,
2: he takes off her glasses and it's like the anime plain face with like just squinting eyes and it's like oh never mind
0: And he's so fucking mean. He says, when you get home, you need to smack your parents. (laughs) (laughs) He's such an asshole. But again, endearingly so, I feel. You know, you're kind of just in on this like dopey dude Um, there. So there's a social hierarchy song. Uh, I didn't write down all the lyrics except for uh, the one that says at the very bottom are the anime freaks. Yeah, the Otakas. They're they're, oh, they're you know, we we've seen many anime that uh insult uh, their own viewership. <laughs> Seems to be a fun That's thing. Just, I,
2: it's, I guess they just like the trope. They're they're in on it, so you know.
0: Yeah. Um what else is there? Were there any lines of uh, the music I didn't transcribe the musical. I don't
1: I, know if there was n- I mean the mu- I didn't really you know, I was the I mean the musical was fine. Like I didn't like love it. They ever hated it. it. was just like, it very much just played into that trope of just like, you know, like how they're popular and good at stuff and they're looking forward to graduation. And, all. and oh, sorry, not graduation, up to the upcoming prom. And it's, yes, you know, prom is
0: happening. Uh, I, I do like when Danny is taking this final exam, he says, look, there's a gremlin in the window. And he just grabs another person's test and switches it and uh the teacher was like oh wow very very good job and you see uh the the other person he switched it with uh, the the
1: test he did is just a naked lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah tip typical dandy yeah i mean i you have to hope he's 19 because <laughs> then it gets yeah, into, it's, like, it's pretty matthew, creepy otherwise yeah it gets into matthew mcconaughey in uh i was uh, thinking that too
2: or, or yeah. it's like a very like you know he he's twenty one drum streeting is really what he's doing, just instead of finding a new drug or anything like that he's just stalking an alien
0: <laughs> um there's another musical sequence um where um well even before, before the musical no before the musical um dandy is like asking all the girls out to prom and of course. Uh the, the nerd girl is the only one he can get and they have to do like a whole training montage.
2: Yeah, it's an eighties freaking training montage. Yeah, it's just,
1: uh, I enjoy yeah but that. it but it's all about ass exercises. That's yeah, like it's what always- it is. It's just like them on a tree and just like essentially twerking. It's very very well hoody no, hoody. she was it,
2: there was that was sumo exercises technically because she was actually like palm thrusting the tree, but
1: yeah. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: That's how they get around it. That's exactly, it's like it's exactly.
1: Creepy. It's like no, you got to do sumo because uh, you know it's not going to totally benefit your ass or anything. Yeah, I'm, a, I mean, I'm still a child. Excitement. I'm not Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and confused.
0: Exactly. So we get so after this thing, it's now finally prom. We get another uh, extended musical sequence, uh, which is why all <laughs> the lyrics kind of blended together for this one. There's all is all of. Uh, <laughs> okay and, there there's a pun there's a oh, pun okay. in the Japanese version the because Japanese the Japanese one probably makes a lot more sense
2: yes, okay <laughs> so there's a pun in the um in the freaking uh i my Japanese it's not great, sorry in advance to anyone who actually has an a modicum of uh understanding, but I understood the pun basically is where the the queen bee the head bitch as as I'll call her, um, is uh, singing. And when she says Watashi, she, she's meaning me. And they're talking like, everything's for me. It's all for me. And then Dandy is joining in by saying Ashi, which is ass, or at least the uh, Ramanji version of ass. And it's literally just him singing while complimenting the girl he went with, the plain girl he went with. But and then it just keeps on going and then the queen bee starts accidentally like as like a verbal uh thing just saying ass too and so everyone is just saying all for ass at one point where they're just singing about this girl's butt and I'm just like oh god good thing they're graduating soon I hope they're 18. Alright
1: that that's your take?
2: That, oh, well, that, is, that is my take. <laughs> that, that, that is, is my dismissive
1: take. about your so uh that's your take? Yeah <laughs> I'm like oh god I uh, ooh. no you know, I didn't even pick up on that, to be honest. About to get canceled. No, it's okay. No, but then
2: everyone has kind of like an uplifting number part of it where, you know, oh, yeah, it's 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 my interests that are really important, not your weird, selfish social hierarchy. And then it just keeps going.
0: Yeah, there, there's some fun stuff with, like, the nerds talking about the power of the net and things. Uh, and, of course, you know, Dandy is all about just, like, booty, booty, booty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. And they, they eventually. Every time
1: I think about, uh, Dandy, there's like that, like old, like YouTube clip of like big booty bitches. Like if you remember that, I, I, I keep thinking about that. <laughs> like what he when he goes, uh... yeah, it's like big booty bitches, big booty bitches. That's what I, I, mean, I get. That's essentially
2: bitches. what he's singing. Yeah. Cause he's got, he's got a focus. He's got a dream.
1: Well, that's the thing. He challenges the prom queen to that, what is it, that singing competition. <laughs> or, yeah, who, to decide who's Queen Bee. Which is, again, like, uh, again, it, this is, like, in that, like, yeah, you said Mean Girls High School Musical Territory. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, this was, you know, like, it, it, this was fun. It was wild. It was different. It was it's so different-, different from, like, again, the last episode we just watched, which was the... uh the zombie stuff, one. Yeah. It just ended with everyone being zombies, and it's like, oh, they're back to normal what, now.
0: <laughs> what happened to Doctor Gel? He he mentions that he like wishes he could go back to high school or something.
2: Yeah, it ends. The episode like ends, or at least the later part of the episode has Doctor Jell just kind of like sitting in his ball gas spaceship, and it's just like, oh, I I wish I could go back to high
0: school. And his assistant's like, are are you going to to get him? <laughs> <laughs> um i also there's also a moment where uh this one guy isaac he hulks out but then a, a giant robot uh grabs him and says uh, superpowers are not permitted in the high school so
2: yeah we do see the robot earlier in the episode but then he just like crashes through the wall when the when the jock is like the three triplet jocks kind of like you know um uh, why can't i think of it right now they gunned them together.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and and they just kind of like, oh, we're gonna kick you out now. No, no, nope, robot, nope. no superpowers. Get the fuck out. No.
0: Um. Yeah. This was a, this was a fun one. And then, I th- are we ready to move on or any more thoughts? Well, on- I mean, the the whole thing
1: is so as you said oh. early in the episode, they're supposed to find a specific alien that like where like it like uh, with the flower, um, and then just so they like they have this great time. Doing the problem, they forget about the mission. Like they're just, they just like com-
2: forget completely. They're, yeah. they're
1: just they're just having their high school experience, and so they uh, the crew leaves, and then it's revealed that uh, Freckles, you know, the nerdy girl, the whole time she was that alien they were supposed to have found, and like yeah, because she like, fell in love.
2: It, it yeah, she pretty- fell in love with Dandy, and so you know she just has this giant flower, which I thought it was kind of obvious from the beginning of the episode because she has like just like a stem out of her head. Yeah.
0: But this is Dandy we're talking about, and he's just like, oh, nerd girl. Um, Dandy also has a fun gag uh, at the end where he says, you know, these were the best years of my life. And then
1: Meow says, dude, it was a week. Yeah, that's the other thing. This whole thing takes place in a week. (laughs) It's a lot of character development going on. Yeah. No time at all. Well, you got that 80s style montage, right? Where it's just like, we're the best.
2: All right. (laughs) Makes up for everything.
1: So, yeah, our, our final episode we're talking about is Rock and Roll
0: Dandy Baby. Uh, once again, I love my musicals, although this one is kind of the absence of musical elements because uh, based on what happens and uh, how these characters uh, deal with it. So, well, we.
1: Well, if like transfer, the transfer student is Dandy oh. Baby, if that's like a more traditional musical, like in, ter- like in the sense of like high school musical Mean Girls, then this episode, in my mind, is more of like the rock. Documentary sort of like The Doors, you know, Mark Wahlberg's rock star kind of thing, where it's just like, oh, it's about a band, uh, but it's about the important things about the band, which
0: uh, it turns out is the absence of music, which that's I fucking, true. <laughs> I fucking love. Uh, so this we again we get some real plot. We we tease this earlier. We get some real plot stuff with the guy uh, J- Crow Empire uh, mm-hmm. because the leader goes by the name uh, Johnny, a name that rings with power. <laughs> <And> his, <laughs> his dream is to become a rock star. And uh, the narrator says, how original. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah the holds these characters in such fucking contempt. I just, oh,
1: it's so well, funny. It, well, it's so, yeah, it's so funny that you're like, you rise to the level of commander in chief of a whole galactic empire. And then the whole time it's just like, like, I just love the moodiness of just like, yeah, I get it. I've got the money. I've got the fame. I've got the women. But I don't have the music. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to know my songs and what's really inside. I'm and he liking... has no
2: songs. He has no songs. He literally, it's a whole plot point. He just has none. It's so Yeah, funny.
1: there's no music. He just likes the idea of being a rock star without actually doing the rock.
0: I would assume that Johnny is not a, not a democratically elected leader. I think, you know, obviously he's probably comes from a long line of it. So, you know, it's not like he, that he was ever interested in this stuff to begin
1: with. He just kind Yeah, of- I just assumed he was like the son of like the actual leader. And it's just like, yeah. hey, you're the son who's going to be the commander in chief of the, you know, of the empire. And then like, I have another son doing this and that. It's just like being in a royal family. He's just like a prince, essentially. Yeah, right? he's space. He's a space prince. Yeah, he's space prince, space prince Johnny, <laughs> space prince Johnny. Oh god. So, anyways, uh,
0: um, Dandy is taking a piss at boobies when Johnny bumps into him, uh, and he accuses Dandy of not washing his hands, and then Dandy accuses him of not flushing. But they bond over something that kind of, that I had to rewind because uh, it's not just like shared interest. They have they have charms from the Andromeda branch of the Naradesan Temple, which is just the weirdest fucking detail. Well, okay,
2: okay. Japanese all right, all right. explanation here
0: right.
2: um i why I don't know why this has been my job for the last <laughs> the like the last podcast and this one too. I guess
1: it's my point it's my purpose
2: oh, yeah, um, I mean, I'm the
1: guy who doesn't know anything
2: <laughs> exactly. I should be like in between you guys, but I feel like I'm showing my you know showing my power level um so uh, a common practice for uh the japanese people is to go to shrines at the end of the year and they often when they go to these shrines they go and have and get good luck talismans for whatever they're anxious about for the upcoming year and so the thing they were bonding over was that they just went to the same shrine and got like a similar trinket yeah, that's kind of it it's it's a very japanese sort of joke because apparently that you know it's like oh you go to that shrine i go to that shrine too it's like it's oh god it, it's very regional it's, it's not that funny <laughs> being honest i'm over explaining it now
3: but it's geez. it's
0: funny though in the sense that dandy is not a character who has referenced any interest in this before so it just comes out of nowhere which is what i like <laughs> That's how, that's yeah.
2: not like a religious connotation. Like it, 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 seriously, just people just go, it's just part of it. It's like most of Japan isn't religious, but it's, it's just kind of an enduring part of their culture.
0: I guess. Yeah. But I still found it funny though, just for Dandy and Johnny to both be bonding over this one specific thing, which, which does not seem to be a thing that's part of their character at all. So that's, mm-hmm. it just makes it a very random co- coincidence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what is it? Um yeah, they bond over this and they decide they need to start a band. And uh, I got the band names they've come up with down. There's there's Dandy and Omega Drive, Johnny with Team D. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he might be like teen, guys. He might be even like eighteen.
1: Hopefully teen maybe. Dandy. Who knows? Dandy's he- age is ambiguous. But with I love yeah Johnny with Team D is hilarious.
2: And they're just like they they're getting out all of these like band names that they have probably like thought of
1: before.
2: It's just oh god. I yeah. feel like uh,
1: everyone like especially when they're a kid, uh, there's like always a little phase where you're just like, would it be so cool if I was like in a rock band or I was in a band or something? And you just like come up with the stupidest names.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're just trying to steal each other's thunder, be like, oh, yeah, I'm the lead. I'm the I'm singing. I'm the lead singer. Like, oh, I'm going to be the lead. I'm the lead yeah. guitarist. And it's Not a
1: lot about... of people are, you know, start out being like, man, I can't wait to be the bassist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was Meow's job, QT on drums, which I thought was funny. That that they like or actually no we will we'll go on more to the we'll we'll get back to that, but yeah, so there's they decided few, to start a band names.
0: there's a few more names there's there's Dandy rage factory Johnny featuring you guys, Dandy, and those guys over there <laughs> for the you know separating themselves further
2: from the rest of the group
0: yeah uh and they're gonna they, they're gonna make their debut at space buddha uh and they spend their entire first practicing uh just this is how the narrator describes it they spent their entire first practice discussing the finer points of their own awesomeness which is more productive than the tedious business of practicing music oh god yeah that's, that's the fucking joke of this whole episode which is they don't do it one thing they don't do is practice
2: yeah, all they really do, or at least it, it becomes a thing where they're like the meow or meow, meow, meow gets a uh, gets a um, actually books a gig for them yeah and and so but then there was just like yeah but we have no songs and so johnny's just like no i'll come up with one and so he just sits on the top of a slide and says the music will come to me yeah
0: um they argue about uh, how that works (laughs) which is uh, i think hilarious what do you think is better a pennant or a sticker Oh, that's right. They they keep arguing about the wrong things to focus on for the band. And uh, what's the most important part about being a rock star? That's easy. Practicing for interviews, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, add, they ask the question again. That's easy. Awesome t-shirts for the merch table. Uh, and the narrator says they fought about the money they hadn't made yet. They even fought about drugs.
1: Their whole the whole
0: of their rocker experience consisted of fighting, 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 and more f- fighting. Not only had they failed to write a song, they even failed to have a band name yet. And then they go to boobies. They go to boobies and um the, the waitress uh honey suggests uh the dropkicks because they're always like fighting or like drop kicking yeah, each they're other.
2: Yeah, their dandy is always drop or they're all they're always dropkicking each other, which is yeah. kind of like
1: Dropkicks mm. is a cool name. I
2: like that it's, name. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And it's got an X in the name. It's Dropkicks with an X instead of a C-K. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, le-
0: like you said uh, just a moment ago, yeah, a true masterpiece isn't written. It descends on you from above. And so they just spend their time looking for inspiration. <laughs> uh, and then when well, Johnny... Okay, comes-
2: it's mostly Johnny that does that. Yeah. The rest of the band, Sans, um, dandy. Uh, dandy, just can actually actually practice.
0: Yeah. Which uh, was very funny it's great. Um and yeah, when Johnny finally comes up with this song, um Dandy is like, "Wait, Meow, how do you?" He's like, "Guys, like this is going to take us forever to like learn how to practice this song." And then uh Meow and Cutie are like, "No, we've been practicing this entire time. That's how we know how to do it so
1: quickly."
2: <laughs> yeah, the show's tomorrow. How are we going to do it? No, we already did it. We're
3: fine. We're good.
1: Yeah, we've been doing <laughs> it this whole time while you guys just sit like, you know, and, like, fight in like fighting boobies or whatever uh and then meanwhile meanwhile
0: johnny johnny's got his uh his house duties because he has to choose between either going to war or choosing the gig
2: oh no no that's actually oh. later. We have okay. a little okay. bit of thing before uh, that they do the little uh they oh yeah they go to the
0: fucking uh yeah dive bar or whatever well uh what are those called the
2: japanese little the little tiny Japanese bars they have them everywhere there's a name for it. Um, but i can't remember it right now sorry um uh, the so they go to this, and there are like four people there, and it's like, but there at least there's four people, but then they find out one of them's the janitor, or it's 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 the narrator says one of them's the janitor, so there were only three, and they just played the same like twenty <laughs> seconds of their song over and over again. <laughs>
0: It's oh god. Great. Um there's a riot that starts and then that makes them go get viral, and then they do get signed by an agent.
1: Uh so they and, they, got- they, and they immediately sell out like a
3: stadium. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know how they, yeah, they got a one-hit wonder, they sell out a stadium, and then now because Johnny has to decide whether to go to Intergalactic War, because we forget he's literally like, you know, the space prince dude in charge of one of the big sides of the uh of the big conflict that we heard about in the background in the first episode and then, or that, or actually just playing the show. And it's just, you know, he does the right thing. He breaks up with the band. He goes and he starts getting on to start the intergalactic war. And then Jack, if you will,
1: <laughs> uh, war or gig, war or gig, gig or war. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the conundrum. That's like, that's just, uh, the, I don't know if you if you were Johnny, would you pick the war or the gig? And uh, I I love the fact that Dandy and
0: uh, Dandy and the crew are so oblivious about Johnny's role. They they ask the question like, "Wait, maybe he's the manager at the security place?" Yeah, they think he's just like
2: extremely poor, and that's why there was a thing earlier where he'd never had like fried potatoes or just basically oh yeah, he's obsessed
0: with, yeah. like French fries, and like all that's all he wants for uh, is like incredible, like you know. Lobster, meal caviar meal. He doesn't
2: want that. He wants fried potatoes. He wants French fries. And so John- he goes.
0: Or go on. Um Johnny's a good dude. That's all I'm just saying. I like Johnny's huge Johnny. He's a fucking funny one. Um so you know, he does pick war, he picks his duties, um, but then he changes his mind, and that's that's when somehow this concert uh creates peace. It's it's a real Bill and Ted thing.
2: Well, okay, we're, we're skipping over the fact that he literally flies to the stadium in a freaking yeah. Gundam. Yeah. Which is a full-size, as the as stadium Gundam, and then, you know, goes and plays the show. And then it rains, and so everything explodes. <laughs> and, and, and because he couldn't go to war, because, you know, the conflict didn't happen, they actually kind of saved the galaxy from it, from war, and it's just so <laughs> stupid.
0: I forget Doctor Jell's appearance. Did you you guys write that down, or he must have had one?
1: I remember. I I felt like he kind of got missed. At least I don't remember him in this episode.
0: I think
2: he. The only times we see him are in the intelligence reports of the other empire, where he's just in the background with his Statue of Liberty ball gag ship.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like again, he's like so inconsequential when it comes to. Uh, like being even just a threat to like any kind of war (laughs) or any real true enemy that like, he's just like, Oh, there's this guy and he's just kind of messing around on the side. (laughs) So I feel like that's kind of like the extent of his appearance this episode.
2: Yes. I think the, the storyline was, is that the opposing empire that, that uh, Dr. Jell was a part of was creating some new weapon. And then that they were like, that the other empire had to really like, we had to stop it from, you know, finishing or going through inspection or something like that. And so that was like the big catalyst for the war. I don't know if that plays on, you know, plays into later episodes, but for then that's just kind of like, yeah, Dr. Joe was, he was already inconsequential with most of the episodes and this one in particular, he kind of didn't show up.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think I think we've covered these episodes. I think we can finally. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on on this one?
1: I just like that. Basically, at the end, like Dropkick still kind of remain a famous band. They're just like again, just like a one hit wonder. They're like, yeah, this band came and went, <laughs> but at least we still have their song. And like the song that he does, Johnny does sing in like the concert is not very good. <laughs> like it's like the it's not like it's just kind of like doing like what I would, you know, I kind of imagine is just like a rock star impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, and you're still like, how is this song so popular?
2: And, and that's, and they ended the episode with the entire, like playing the entire song. The outro was taken up by their, their, their one hit wonder, I guess you would call it. And, um, yeah, I mean I I thought this episode was a little harder to watch than definitely the first two. Maybe about as hard as cuz I I like the episodes. I like the Mean Girls musical and this and basically the Spinal Tap parody. That's I was trying to think of the, what that movie was called earlier. But yeah, this is basically just Spinal Tap. Um but I felt that they were the they all do the tropes really well. I just felt the zombie one was just so good. These ones were were overshadowed
0: just slightly. I think that's fair. And I mean, you know, the the show is so different. Every episode is so different that I'm sure if you guys were to, were to pick your four, they would be probably pretty different from mine except for maybe the zombie one.
3: Probably, so,
0: yes. You know, that's the whole thing about this show and I, you know, I wanted to pick episodes that showcase variety basically. Mm-hmm. uh because the show and there there's one other episode which is like filled with like parallel universes and has a bunch of like anime references within all the different dandies that one was a contender it was pretty funny um i'm just not sure malcolm would have picked up on all that so it's like maybe i'll veto that so malcolm can have something he, that's more in on the joke
1: <laughs> yeah I, i'm going to be honest i like so much of these shows that we cover on this podcast they kind of go in through one eye out through the other like it's just you know, I want to. I want to say that I hold on to it, and I do remember it. Like we do reference, like you know, other uh, shows and stuff like that. But it was. De- it's definitely been. You know, there's definitely things where I'm like, oh, I would, I forget about it at a certain point.
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's a continuous references being made in this series and so many others. Like, because uh, I don't know, I, 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 I don't really. I guess it would be circular, but like the anime industry is very. Circular, almost like incestuous, in their in their ways of of referencing themselves and just kind of like poking, like, "Hey, you watched this one time, didn't you? You you remember it, right? R- right?" And it's one,
0: there's one episode. If if I had planned for the fact that there would be a heat wave this weekend for us, uh, which does uh, involve like a sun uh, destroying a planet and just burning everything, Uh but I didn't know that a week ago, so. You know, we you didn't get to have an episode to remind you of that. Hey, it's it's nice where I'm at. I'm on here. Um, anyways, I think it's finally time to get to our favorite segment, um, the Robert Eo Speedwagon segment. Uh, Sasha, play the music.
3: Speedwagon, 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 Speedwagon,
1: Speedwagon, 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 Speedwagon.
3: Allow me to elucidate you.
1: The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon.
0: So for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character. It could be as minor or as major, pretty much just as long as it isn't dandy. That's kind of the rule. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll even veto. QT Q- Q- and Meow, I think, can't be, um, be Speedwagon. So Ooh, I it's right. a
2: difficult one.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll go first cause I've obviously thought about it. Um, I'm picking the narrator. The narrator is fucking funny. I love, I love how he interacts with the whole cast. Uh, he's, he's, he's so snarky, uh, towards everyone. If I was going to pick a speed wagon that only appears in one episode, it would probably be like the couple, uh, from the zombie episode. I think that's like my speed wagon runner up. So yeah, the 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 couple whose uh, voices have been changed to protect their privacy—they're—they are running out. By <laughs> that yeah. was, I also just love that like the mercenary was like a disgusting like bug creature and like you know obviously he gets with like the hot um, lady although he gets killed by the by the uh, insurance uh, snipers. So that's a, that's a tragic that he's made romance. Out of
2: gold for some reason, I that was odd.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's fucking space. There can be a million different character designs. Yeah. Uh, but that those are those are mine. Uh, what about you, Malcolm? Who's your speed wagon? Ooh, this
1: one was tough. Actually, I felt like they do like all these episodes are so like you know Dandy and the crew centric that like you know we don't have like a ton of you know time with other characters. But at the same time, the other characters who do show up, you know, they're they're good. I think for me, because it made me laugh so much, the reveal he ends up having is the um. Is the zombie alien that, you know, is the first zombie that they've captured in the zombie episode. Where just like, I don't know, him revealing that he eats yogurt and doesn't eat meat and that's what like keeps his brain a little more active. I don't know. It just made me laugh so much. Also, they sort of just like abandon him at one point. (laughs) He just like they just let him like slither off on some random planet. And I don't know why the exit just like was just so funny to me as well. He's just like, well, and then he he left, even though that he's been like their zombie guide or guru, as they kind of call him in the episode. So it's like him. And then, yeah, I think a runner up for me would have been the narrator. I thought the narrator was very funny as well. And like, you know, there's so many just small jokes there, whether it's like the narrator turning into a zombie or, you know, just like how he like interacts with the story itself. And that he is like clearly a separate character who is like, watching the events un you know unravel you know i just i don't know i like that it wasn't just like you know i'm the son of you know standy and i'm telling a story years later it's just like no he's clearly some like omnipresent guy who's who's watching and commenting <laughs> in, in the real third time. person perspective yeah he's just there so yeah that's yeah that's it those are my guys for me
2: I would say okay, this is gonna seem weird because he was barely in any of the episode. Admiral Perry, do you remember him? The he was the guy that Dr. Jell was, was reporting to. He was I think he was supposed to be the leader of the opposing empire. And oh, he was just, just a flaming a Yeah, he's just a flaming skullhead. He's ba- he's basically ah, just he's Skeletor. Like, yeah, he's like a gal. He's like a Ghost type. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he and I think of the episodes that we watched, the four, two of them I think was the zombie episode and the first episode. So the very two episodes that we first two episodes we watched, he basically he he's barely a part of it. But he just gets pissed off and just blows up Dr. Gell's spaceship at the first and the second. Every single time that, like, Dandy died in the series, so did Dr. Gell. Because he just, like, in the second one, Dr. Gell got, or in the fourth episode, uh, Dr. Gell got zombified. And he's just reporting to the Admiral being a zombie. And he's just like, ah, you're incompetent. And he just blows him up. And in the first episode, the same thing happens after he loses them, And they just, like, it's the exact same animation. And I don't know why it was so funny to me, but it really was where they're just using the exact same animation of animation of this, of the Statue of Liberty, just blowing, with uh, the ball gag blowing up, which is overdramatic. Oh, it was so funny. I love that. I, yeah,
1: I mean, I was thinking about making that ship my, uh, my Speedwagon as well. Like, uh, you know, cause like the one thing with Gel is that, and we never talked about this, is that Gel it, like wears like a jacket that I can only describe as like 70s era pimp. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's got that like, you know, that fur, like kind of like pink fur lining to it. And I don't know. I mean, it's just like, he's got the hat. he I mean, all he's missing is really like a cane with a skull on top. <laughs>
2: just I to mean, be yeah, to. he's got an eye patch. He's, he's just,
1: oh, you know, he's he's like a, he's just a few steps away from you know fighting black dynamite. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, black dynamite and um freaking uh oh, why am I forgetting his name right now? The um shaft. shaft yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, black dynamite and shaft have to team up to you know fight the the terrible pimp Doctor Gell.
1: Now that's a that's an episode I would, uh, would I would watch. love that. I oh uh, have Cleopatra Jones show up as well. We, we, we
0: haven't also mentioned uh, Doctor Jell's assistant, who's like kind of like a bean bean. Yeah, he's just a little man. guy. He's A little guy, and uh, I'll give you a hint. He actually ends up playing a really key role in the show. Oh, yeah. So cool. be 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 on the watch for him on what he does. Um. So yeah, there there's some payoff with that character, which is fun. So I th- I think we could do final thoughts. Um. I'll start first. I mean, I picked the show, of course. I love it. Again, it was a show I was resistant to watching for many years, just based on that kind of advertising I saw. And it blew me away. It's really funny. It's, it's true to, um, again, when I first saw those trailers, I'm like, seriously, like the cowboy bebop guy is doing this stupid thing. But you know, having watched it, it's very much in. Yeah. It feels like a part of his work he's already done. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's definitely representative of who he is as an artist and what he likes to do. It's just obviously more comedic, but yeah, I, th- I think it stands tall among the canon. I think it might even be my second or third favorite show of his. Um, Yeah, and I've seen all of them now. Yeah, I've seen, he's done what, six? He's done six shows that he's been director on. He's done Bebop, which is my number one, obviously. We've we've covered Carolyn Tuesday and this. Samurai Shampoo. He did a he did more of a drama called Kids on the Slope, which is 13 episodes that's uh about like uh, uh high school band students, which is very touching. And he, he did a show called Terror and Resonance, which I did not like at all, which is more of like a thriller. Mm. I didn't love it. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it more, but um you know, it's 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 very different from his work. It's very dark. Um again, it's kind of a like a, a terrorism thriller, which you know it just for me it wasn't what I was looking for out of him, but you know, maybe if we ever do cover it given how given that we are like uh only have two more shows left of his, we might as well uh do the it's whole pro- show. We'll right. probably
1: do it to complete
0: We'll it. probably do it just for completionist sake. When you've done four out of six already, uh might, might, might as well,
2: done. yeah. Um,
0: I do I do want to
2: add the the kids on a slope sounds like a nineties ski movie. I doesn't that <laughs> doesn't matter at all, but it's
1: it's a little funny. Uh, it's, it's really I, good. I, it's really I, touching. I, I gotta it's, say uh, I love a good ski movie. I love a good pretty like pretty good 80 ski movies, very underrated oh, yeah. subgenre. Um no. yeah, okay. Uh yeah, for me, I guess I'll go with my final thoughts. Uh you know what? Uh this was much much better than Slime at that time. <laughs> I feel like I got to bring it up because, you know, Robert was the guest on that episode. Uh if you haven't seen it or listened to it, I recommend it uh, so you can hear me have um you know just really uh really just rage against that show because you lay it deserves it. it um but uh but yeah no this was this was surprisingly uh fun like i you know i i come into these episodes and these shows like with like no research like no knowledge obviously like you know you know i've gotten to a point where like obviously i've seen other works from this creator and i've enjoyed all of them carolyn tuesday was really great samurai champloo was great uh, Cowboy Bebop has been uh, pretty fun, although we're in the early stages of that because we're doing the mini miniseries. Uh, and then this show was really fun too. Like I laughed a lot. You know, there's some shows that we've done that are supposed to be comedy uh, forward that just, you know, aren't that funny to me. This one actually had some great gags, like just like A plus primo gags. So yeah, if you're looking for something that's funny, you know, you, know, you don't have to like be too invested in. Like, you know, this is kind of it. This feels like, you know, kind of quintessential, like, stoner, you know, comedy. Maybe, a, you know, just, like, everything from, like, you know, how it makes fun of restaurants, which is a term that is on Wikipedia. I want to bring that up. When I say that, you can <laughs> Wikipedia it, and it has a whole entry of its own, um, you know, to, like, you know, whether it's spoofing zombie movies or, you know, high school musicals <laughs> or, you know, rock stuff yeah i'll say give this a watch
2: okay perfect uh i my final thoughts would be kind of similar to that i enjoyed the hell out of it i thought the animation was very good like i mean this is something that's you know this is what seven years old at this point oh jeez. um but so The animation was absolutely wonderful. You can tell that they just, they threw money at it and it looks great. It has wonderfully broad appeal. Like this is one of those animes that like I could definitely show to other people who necessarily hadn't seen anime before. And they would probably love the hell out of it. I mean, it's very I mean if if this was something I saw on like Comedy Central I wouldn't I would I would feel like it wouldn't be that different. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's really accessible, which is I think important for a lot of uh for mediums and anime isn't always that accessible. It really isn't. And that's no. that's fine. But at the same time like you know, it's 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 a beloved art form. It's very, you know, it's it's it comes out of a single country that's not that big in the first place, even though it has quite a many, a lot of people. It's still, even within their own country, it's still very, not that big. Well, it's it's big, but it's not like it's not like all-consuming as a lot of like other American culture pastimes are. Like it's not not even close to like football or anything like that, or just. It's incredibly – but this this anime, Space Dandy, it's really enjoyable. I would definitely recommend it. It's a good first anime watch, honestly. And Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really – that's all really I can say about it. I mean, just really good, and I recommend watching it. Perfect.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, like, one other thing. It's just like – yeah, this, like, if you're, you know, I think you're wanting to show someone anime – and, they're, you know, they say, like, oh, yeah, but I really love, like, Rick and Morty or, like, you know, I really love, like, South Park or something, but I don't like anime. I feel like this show in particular actually really holds up against those kinds of animated shows. Yeah, good transition from Western to Eastern animation, yes. Like, this show could easily be on, like, Fox's animation domination block and, like, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be like a sore thumb or anything like it would actually probably be the best show in the block to be completely honest (laughs)
2: certainly budget wise they god they they really cut corners than a lot of the other ones
1: yeah this one they clearly were you know he was given carte blanche so i think yeah i guess we should move on to uh yeah social media uh plugs uh uh, jack where can people find you you can find me uh, on instagram
0: at jack is jack and for twitter only real jack m malcolm how about you
1: uh you can find me at malcolm rg McCloud on instagram uh, and technically twitter um not on twitter kind of i am sort of i don't know i have it now uh so <laughs> uh so but i haven't done anything with it and uh robert what about you uh
2: i am you know i'm a lot of times i'm allergic to social media i have to set up one pretty soon here uh i've started actually you know i i last time i was here i was continuing you know i was talking about projects in the works uh one of those projects was starting to do stand-up here uh, in san diego and so i'm started to do that regularly and uh, so I'm gonna have to set up a social media account for that, and hopefully uh, something can come from that. Uh, I don't have it to share right now, unfortunately.
1: I was gonna say, uh, but if you, uh, by the time this episode comes out and you do, we'll have the uh, link in the show notes to your social media.
0: All right, perfect. Uh, on your slime episode, I gave you the same position that Domenico has, which is uh, that you are a private citizen.
1: i appreciate it yeah but he's a private citizen slowly becoming a public citizen
2: exactly and i thank you so much for having me on the show again guys it was very fun i'm glad that we had a better experience with this one than the last one
1: Yeah, I think they—they're both there. They're kind of on absolute opposite ends of the spectrum. Space Dandy really enjoyed that one, and slime absolutely despised it. So, <laughs> so you got like you got the whole spectrum experience. Uh, no, so I just I, need to get a very mediocre one, and I'm good. Exactly. We got now. I got to find one right in the middle. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll do uh, the final uh, kind of plug. Well- uh, if, if you want to. Um, Oh, actually, sorry.
0: Before one, we do one it, more you to... thing, I, I mean, to be fair, you, dear listener, if you listened to our last episode, you could, you probably know what to expect. But we are going to cover uh, the next five episodes of Cowboy Bebop, which are episodes six through ten. Um, so, yeah, unlike previous mini series, we're not just going to do six weeks straight of Bebop. We we alternate between a Bebop and a standalone show. So, if you if you didn't want to listen to Cowboy Bebop, I think you should because um, it's a a great episode we had fun with our previous guests but um yeah you got your options you got your options guys you if you if you love one thing um you get it and if you love another well you don't have to wait too much longer so episodes six through ten of cowboy video out for next week guys and uh now now i'll bring it back to malcolm
1: and perfect and anyways uh yeah if you enjoyed this podcast uh please uh Gives a, give us some stars uh, leave us a review uh, that helps uh, small podcasts like us uh, grow and reach out. Everyone who's you know given stars put out reviews has been really nice. We really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media if you somehow found us you know just like randomly by chance uh, we're on Instagram at is this anime pod. We're also on t- uh, Twitter technically uh, at is this anime pod as well. We're a little more active on uh, Instagram. Yeah, if you uh, enjoyed that, yeah, just uh, tell your friends. Uh, It's, you know, word of mouth is really important for a small podcast like us. We're not, you know, we're not in Joe Rogan territory at all. So, you know, we can't, we're not celebrities here. So, yeah, any... Besides uh, local minor ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a local minor celebrity, as my friends know. Uh, (laughs) You know, I've I've been in some commercials, uh, uh, humble brag, hashtag. But uh, anyways... (laughs) uh, Let's, uh, and remember, uh, 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 head tilt.
0: Later, power bums.